Hey everybody, today we are jumping into Luke chapter 20, I'm sorry, Luke chapter 6, verses 27 through 36. And um, today, this is our second time going through this text. It's such a pivotal text. It's so important because it, it shows the love that we're supposed to have as Christians. And uh, love is obviously a very important thing for God and uh, something important for us to have as Christians because Jesus says, what's the greatest commandment? The greatest commandment is that you love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and you love your neighbor as yourself. Now, one of the hardest things that we can do is not just love our neighbor, but what if our neighbor is our enemy? That then becomes an incredibly difficult task as we try to love those who are our enemy. And so Jesus shows us that as Christians, that this is our default setting. Our, our default setting is to be love. And I use this analogy in a, in a talk I just gave on this verse. Um, you know, like when people are running and they have those little vests on, or if they have bikes, they have like reflectors on the bikes and like these vests that I was talking about, they have reflectors on them. Now those reflectors themselves, they don't produce light. What they do is they reflect light. Whatever is given to them is reflected back. And so uh, the reason that people can see these reflectors is not because they produce light, but, be, but because they reflect the light that is given to them. Now, a flashlight is something completely different, right? A flashlight is something that actually produces light. And what Jesus says about us in our flesh without him, what we do is we naturally reflect light, but we aren't light, right? We naturally reflect what is given to us, but we don't produce light. Love. So if somebody loves us, then we love them back. If somebody hates us, then we hate them back. And Jesus says that is not the way that we should be as Christians. He says we should be like a flashlight. If somebody shows us hate, then we should produce love. We should have it. We should produce it. We aren't called to reflect love. We're called to be love. That's what Jesus says. Uh, now, as I was reading this verse, and I'm telling you, man, this page in my Bible is so worn out, it's about to fall out of my Bible. And it's the only page in my Bible right now that's about to fall out because I've studied this so much and it's so important. But as I've studied this, I said, Jesus, I can't do it. I don't know how to do this. I don't know how to love my neighbor. And Jesus, um, he, he really showed me um, just a way to do this. That there's a way of loving our neighbor that's outside of just clenching our fists and saying, oh, I'm going to love them. I'm going to love them even though they're annoying, even though they've hurt me, even though they're bad to me. Oh, I'm just going to, I'm going to choose to love them. See, that's not true love. True love is something that's genuine, right? It's born from the heart. It's not born from a decision that you make to genuinely love people. That's robotic. Jesus doesn't want that. He wants it to be organic. He wants it to be really in our heart. He wants us to genuinely love people. And so one, one of the things that I observe, like in, just in looking at this verse, is so often we, we rush to serve Jesus, but we don't really read how we're meant to serve Jesus in this text. And so in this text, there's really, there's, Jesus gives us a how. He gives us a motivation even. He gives us a why. Why should we love our neighbor? And where does the motivation to genuinely love our neighbor come from? Well, he reveals that in this text. So let me do this. Um, let me read this verse. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to break it up into a few different parts today. And we're going to look at two steps to loving our enemy. So um, let me read to you this first command. It says, but to you who are willing to listen, I say to you, love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who hurt you. So Jesus, he gives us this command. He says, if you're willing to listen, he says, love 
your enemies. Now, oftentimes we go straight to that and we say, oh, that's what we should do. Let's just go love our enemies. But there's a whole other part to the text here that, uh, that he gives us. Um, and he gives us these, these interesting ways of loving our enemy. He says, uh, pray for those who hurt you. He says, bless those who curse you. He says, if someone slaps you on the cheek, offer the other cheek. If someone demands your coat, offer your shirt also. Give to anyone who asks. And when things are taken away from you, don't try to give them, don't try to get them back. Do to others as you would like them to do to you. So here's, here's part one. This is the first step in loving our enemies. Loving your enemy means being the loser. Now, when we have competitions, when people get into beefs, people get into fights, naturally what we want to do is we want to win. That's why we're in this beef, because we want to win. We want to show ourselves as being superior. And so two people get into an argument. They argue back and forth and back and forth, and people are yelling. They start shouting over each other, because what they're trying to do is they're trying to establish this dominance, this superiority. And when we have enemies, what it, what it means is we have one person who's, or actually we have two people who are both trying to be winners. And Jesus says this, he says, if you want to be a follower of Jesus, he says, I am instructing you to lose that battle. He says, it's, it's not your job to be superior. It's not your job to win. It's not your job to show that person up, but it is your job to actually lose that battle. Not that you're humiliated, not that you, you know, look, you know, dumb in front of a ton of people or that you just are a punching bag for someone else. But what it means is that you, instead of trying to win, you say, you know what, I'm fine with being the loser here because my job is to love you. And see, here's the thing. You can afford to lose. As a Christian, you can afford to lose. If you're not a Christian, you can't afford to lose that battle because when you think about it, where does your value come from if you don't have Christ? If you have Christ, your value comes from Jesus. Your value comes from the fact that he died on the cross for you. But if you don't have Christ, where does your value come from? It comes from being a good human being. It comes from being superior. It comes from being someone who's, who's great. And so your self-esteem, your value comes from winning that battle. But see, if you're a Christian, your value doesn't come from that. And so you can afford to lose that battle. You don't need to win that battle. You don't have to be on top. And Jesus, in fact, he commands us to be the one who loses. So again, I ask you, how do you, how do you love your enemies? Is it by clenching your fists and saying, I'm going to love them? And purposely just, just saying, yeah, whatever, I'm going to let them walk all over me? I don't think that that's Jesus' way forward. Here's, here's what Jesus says. We don't love our enemies by determining in our hearts to love them. We love our enemies by determining in our hearts to humble ourselves. Loving your enemy actually begins with humility. It begins with humility. Jesus says loving your enemy actually starts with you. So many times we think that the greatest roadblock that we have to loving our enemies is what they've done to us. And we think, oh man, they've done something that's so terrible, it's so bad, I could never forgive them. And we go and we point the finger at their behavior rather than pointing the finger at us. And what Jesus says is the greatest stumbling block, the greatest roadblock to you loving your enemy is actually not their behavior, it's your pride. It's you. 
I mean, we get wounded by the behavior that other people um, have toward us and the, other, the things that other people do toward us. We get wounded. And so that, that just raises up our pride in us because we're trying to prove our value um, and we're trying to heal that woundedness by being prideful and arrogant and trying to be better than them and superior to them. And Jesus says, if you can't overcome your pride, you can't love your enemy. And what do we naturally do? We naturally make a list of people that have wronged us in our mind and we say things like, oh, I'm going to show them. I'll make them pay. But here's what Jesus asks us. Can you not? Can you not make them pay? Can you not show them? You don't need to do that. Because look, I've given you every bit of value that you will ever need. I've showed you how much you are really worth by dying for you on the cross. So my question to you today is, are you willing to lose are you willing to lose in order to love them? And see, here's what Jesus says. He says, loving others will make you lose. He says, bless those who hate you, which means uh, you'll lose your desire to win. He says, pray for those who hate you, which means you'll lose your pride. He says, when somebody slaps you on the cheek, turn the other cheek. You'll lose your desire to retaliate. Jesus says, if somebody steals your coat, don't try to get it back which the coat was the most expensive part of somebody's wardrobe. And in court, you could actually take that person to court for stealing your coat. And you could get all that you were owed back. But Jesus says, would you lose your right to get back what was stolen? He says, would you lose your right to choose who to love? Jesus says, give to anyone who asks, right? And he says, don't try to get all your stuff back. He says, lose your comfort. He says, lose your comfort. See, Jesus, he asks us to lose. And then he goes on in verse 32, uh, verses 32 to 36. He says, if you love those who love you, why should you get any credit for that? Even sinners love those who love them. He says, look, it's, it's, it, it's in human nature. that Everybody will love those who love them. But you know what's supernatural is loving those who don't love you. And if you do good only to those who do good to you, why should you get credit for that? Even sinners do that much. And if you lend money only to those who can repay you, why should you get credit? Even sinners will lend to others who, uh, other sinners for a full return. Love your enemies. Do good to them. Lend to them without expecting to be repaid. Then your reward from heaven will be very great. And you will be truly acting as children of the Most High. For he is kind to those who are unthankful and wicked. You must be compassionate as your Father is compassionate. So here's what Jesus says here. This is part two. Loving your enemies means realizing you were the enemy. You were the enemy one time. You were. At one time, you were the enemy. And so Jesus says, loving your enemy means realizing at some point you were the enemy. Now, what does Jesus say? He says this. He says, um, if you love your enemy, you will truly be acting as children of the Most High. So what is God trying to do? God is trying to get you to love your enemy because you are a child of the most high God. You are a child of the father in heaven. His DNA is in you. And so where does the motivation come from to love your enemy? Here's, here's the first place it comes from. You're a child trying to be like your father. Jesus is in heaven and he is the perfect father. And if you're a child of the father, you want to be just like the father. And so I would ask you today, do you want to be like your dad? Do you want to be like your father in heaven who loves people? Who loves people that don't deserve it? 
See, here's, here's, here's the deal. If you understand the gospel and the Father, this love will naturally flow out of you. If you understand the love that the Father has for you, then you will naturally have love that flows out of your heart. You'll be a love producer, not a love reflector. And understanding the true gospel is the key. Because here's what it says. It says, you have a Father in heaven, and here's what he does. He is good to those who are unthankful and wicked. There's the key right there. That's where the motivation comes from. That's where the power comes from. It comes from you realizing that there is a God in heaven who loves those who are unthankful and unwicked. And guess what? At some point, you were the unthankful and you were the wicked. That's where the love comes from. At some point, you were the enemy. You were the person that was unthankful. I mean, you break heart, God's heart over and over and over and over again by the things that you do, the things that you think about, the meditations of your heart, the actions that you take in your life. You break the heart of God every single day, but God keeps loving you. If you have a vision of that and you receive the grace of God every day, how could you not do that to other people? If you've broken God's heart and you've done things that are unholy and that are terrible, yet God still loves you and he offers you his beautiful grace every day, how could you not offer that to someone else every single day? How could you not offer that to those who hate you? You've got to see that you, at one point, you were the enemy. Thus, and this is a big point, so you've got to listen to this, the greatest form of hypocrisy is you withholding love to those who hate you. That is the greatest form of hypocrisy. If you don't love your enemies, you are being a hypocrite because the Lord has loved you. The Lord has forgiven you. The Lord has offered you this incredible, beautiful grace of God. And so you want to stop the flow of God's love in your life? Forget what God has done for you. You want the love of God to stop flowing through you to other people. You want to just love those who love you and hate those who hate you. If you want to do that, then forget what God has done for you. But if you want to be a love producer rather than a love reflector, don't forget what God has done for you. Don't forget that the grace of God is there for you every single moment of every single day. And it's there to meet you. When you wake up in the morning and you look back on the day that you lived before and you know, man, I blew it yesterday. Well, guess what? The grace of God is there. And God is ready to take you back. See, we're not called to reflect love. We're called to be love. And the only way that we can be love is by understanding the grace of God and receiving it in our own lives. If you receive grace, you can give grace. You can love your enemy. So let me pray for you. Lord Jesus, I pray today for every single student, parent, uh, human being that's listening to this. God, I pray that you would bless them. Help them realize the power that's in the gospel to love their enemies. God, I pray that we would know the incredible grace that we've received so that we can give grace to our enemies. So that we can love, truly love from the depths of our heart, our enemies. God, I pray that we don't just white knuckle it and just grab our fists and say, we're going to love people, we're going to love people, we're going to love people. But God, I pray that truly deep down on the inside, we can have a change that comes out of the grace of God that we have received. And I pray that as we receive grace, we can give grace. Lord, we love you and we pray today. 
Holy Spirit, help us love our enemies and help us understand that we are the unthankful and the wicked. In Jesus' name, amen.